This is the Andres Segovia Show. And now on our newspaper line, we have Andres, a blast from the past. Andres, the original host of the Andres Segovia Show. Welcome to the new Andres Segovia Show. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Andres. Hey, thank you for being on the program um, with me today because I got a lot of questions to ask you. There's going to be a lot of questions that are going to come up with what we're going to announce a little later. I'll let you do your plug-in in a bit. But before we get there, I, I want to basically do the contrast of who you were versus who you are today. And to that, we got we got to go all the way back, which is why I invited you on the program. So can you explain to the audience... Uh, who you were back right around the time you started the Andres Segovia show. Well, yeah, thank you. Uh, I know it's a complete deviation of what uh, what the show used to be, but the concept remains the same, right? Um, to be able to educate and, and inform um, people. Well, back then, uh, when I was getting around the time that I was into the show, I was a political activist. So I am an unapologetic uh, conservative Christian and in that order, by the way, because um, I felt that I was a minority. Uh, where I was surrounded by the different peers when I was in college. Um, the activist professors would always be um, using their pla- their positions of of like their their classes as their soapboxes, and no one would challenge them. Um, and I got to this. I got to a point where I was so fed up that I finally in a way snapped and started basically challenging the professors because they were really uh, undeterred from what they had to do and some professors uh, wised up to it and, and respected me for standing up for for my beliefs and challenging them not just taking the status quo as they would say i guess i was challenging authority or questioning authority and such and because i was practicing what they were preaching they basically uh, allowed me that and they said that they appreciated it where there were the other half of the professors that did not appreciate that they did not want to be challenged and they threatened to basically dock down my grades for it yeah you know that's the thing that a lot of people hear about that but they never actually see it happen and the fact that you're mentioning that is there's things that other students at the time were also bringing up to light because there were activist professors that wanted to silence dissenting opinions because it was what they said went and if you didn't agree something was wrong with you yeah yeah and i I see that happening a lot today where it's assumed that if you have a different opinion from the the mainstream press or the social justice warrior Mentally ill. Yeah, and meanwhile, they're the ones that tell you that they want to have a dialogue, right? Oh my goodness! Yes, I know. Like that that Ted Cruz and Alyssa Milano live stream. She was trying to basically do a gotcha on Ted Cruz and it completely backfired on her. Yeah, that's exactly that kind of thing. Well, yeah, for those of you just joining us, I have a blast from the past, the original host of the Andres Segovia show, Andres himself, on the program, and we're talking about uh, what inspired him to do the show. But before we continue, for those of you that think that this conversation is getting a little political, that's because, in a way, it is, because that's how he started way back when, as a bit of a political activist. And I hope you don't mind, Andres, but I got a dog barking in the back, and as many times I told you, to be quiet uh, she just continues to bark hey don't mind me you probably hear all that road noise in the background right so it's, it's okay but so long as not distracting anybody so as we want to continue this isn't a political discussion that we want to have but you were a political activist and that is 
basically the heart of what the show used to be. Uh, am I correct in that assessment? Well, yeah, absolutely, because I learned that um, my immediate social circle around me was not interested in politics at all, but they were the first to complain whenever anything happened in the world of politics, and they were completely uneducated. And whenever there was an election cycle, it was even more frustrating because they didn't know what to do. They like, oh, I don't know who to vote for. And in, in some cases, believe it or not, in some cases, they didn't even know um, who the vice president or any members of power were, besides the president, obviously. And that concerned me, so that inspired me to do um, the Andres Segovia Show newsletter uh, uh, to, to basically educate people. And um, I didn't ask for sign-ups. I basically just forced it out to my friends through email. But back then, people welcomed email, unlike today where there's a lot of spam, right? So uh, I started as a newsletter, which ended up growing over time as technology evolved, which ultimately became a blog, and eventually Twitter got into the game. So it was born, so I was able to use Twitter and podcast podcasting was a thing that I, that I was able to do. I just didn't have the platform that you do today uh, to be able to get my podcast out to uh, more ears. Well, that's true. But as I understand it, your newsletter was able to reach uh, an international audience. Yes, exactly. Um, I had readers all over the world. It was fantastic. And uh, I had readers in Central America, obviously because of my family, but uh, they were tuning in and they were sharing it with their friends. I had readers in the Middle East, believe it or not. I had Europeans tuning in. I, I also had uh, um, people in, in Far East Asia, um, outside of China for the most part. But there, were, there was uh, some Southern Chinese um, regions that were able to pick things up besides Hong Kong. And it, it was really fascinating to see how much traffic um, I was generating. And as soon as I was able to launch my blog, um, I was able to get more analytics to find out where all the, all my readers were coming from and just to see the colors on the map to show me the traffic being driven here uh, to my site was a, was a wonder to behold. Yeah, congratulations for that. I mean, that must have been super exciting. But at the same time, uh, you weren't just doing the Andres Segovia show, correct? No, absolutely not. Because if I did politics alone, I would have lost my mind. So I ended up doing... Um, Corner. The Critic Corner was my movie review newsletter at the same time, which was even more popular than my politics because many people don't want to talk about politics, right? But everybody loved the movie, and they, everybody was really tuning into that, and they loved it, and the Critic Corner grew a lot faster than the Andrew Segovia show, and I just phased it out because I was getting a little tired of devoting so much time to Hollywood that was really uh, grinding my gears, if you will. But what I was enjoying was being able to connect with with uh, uh, crew members of film instead of like the, the the front side of the camera where it's the stars, right? Most people like the stars. I'm not one of those. I prefer the media aesthetics, the things that go behind it to make the magic. So being able to connect with directors, producers, and film composers was uh, was just a fun ride for me. And Warner Brothers was one of the uh, the most supportive of studios to me, where they invited me to uh, different press. Uh, events and my favorite, which I thank him forever, is that they invited me to a private screening of The Dark Knight with Heath Ledger and Christian Bale um, before it, it it came out worldwide, and that was something that I'll never forget. I'll treasure it forever, and I thank Warner Brothers for that momentous occasion. Yes, absolutely. For us Batman fans, that was a big deal, and I'm jealous that you got to enjoy um, that out there. Okay, uh, well. You ended up retiring the Critic Corner, though. And around the same time, the the Andres Segovia show evolved. Can you explain the change in the programming, including the name? 
Well, yes, because uh, I was getting a lot busier. I had graduated from university uh, by then, and I was getting a lot busier in business, looking, uh, assuming higher positions in the in, in the family uh, companies. And as I started you know, taking up more time there, and also falling in love and and looking at marriage down the line, I I wasn't as politically active as I used to be, and I couldn't contribute the um, the thought-provoking um, pieces and recordings that I would cast or as write-ups of opinion editorials on my, my website. And because I d- couldn't devote things to that, I always highlighted headline news. And my headline news was turning into a literal newsreel where I'm just talking about, where I'm just sharing the headlines but not really diving into in-depth analysis. So when I thought it was a newsreel, and my Twitter became that, a newsreel, just sharing headlines, I'm like, well, that's exactly it. It's a newsreel. So that's what the name came. Um, but as a byproduct of that, I was able to spread my time around and expand a little bit on the canvas. Like, you know how some newspapers have different sections. They, they'll have the, the, the culture section, the, the business section, the tech section, sports section, and all that. But the, with the, um, the newsreel, I thought I had the ability to do that. And that's why I was able to, in some way, still continue the career corner somewhat. Um, just not as thorough as before. And also, I was able to launch um, the soundtrack corner, which is something that I've always wanted to do. And ultimately, the tech corner, that's what got me noticed on YouTube and how I was able to amass one million views. That is an awesome story right there, the, the, what you ended up accomplishing with YouTube. And that came about because you didn't have the time to do the Andrew Segovia show anymore, which is pretty impressive. So you did that for about a decade until... Uh, I took over and decided that, you know what, uh, this whole thing is not going to work out anymore as a pro bono thing because I was, you were, li- were literally doing this for free, right? So when the idea of a relaunch came and it required a sizable investment and planning and coordination, um, and, and when we finally launched it, uh, it, it felt like a passing of the torch and uh, the end of an era, but also... Um, it was a rebirth, you know, a, a renewed focus because um, for the Andres Segovia show and by extension off the record, which is uh, rolling out to, to those that are, are, are very slowly being invited onto the program now that we got the website running in the background, uh, it's really cool to see how all those ideas that you did for about um, 16 years have come to fruition. But the face of this is real estate tech and life because the, the principles of what you started with remain. Because now instead of arguing with people over ideas, now it's taking what we know to be true and trying to benefit people and helping them succeed in life and motivate them and coach them along the way. Well, yeah, that's exactly it. And in the world of politics, that's really hard to do. But what you've been able to achieve so far in a very short time um, for for you renew focus on the podcast and the website and every social media outlet you're in has been really impressive to, to see it all come about. And I got to admit, I'm jealous, but uh, that that is the, the beauty of technology and also the sizable financial that you put it. But I am no way taking for granted all the legwork that you did because if you didn't lay the groundwork, this never would have happened. Okay, I'll take that one. Thank you very much. So we talked about uh, why you're a political activist, 
Um, we talked about how that led you into doing the show and how the show morphed and uh, sort of how it's evolved to be for for what we're doing now. So um, tell us uh, that special announcement that you came on the show to plug in. Well, I wanted to announce the official official collection of the transcripts of the original Andres Segovia show from 2006. So it's three years worth of events that are covered here in the book. The Andres Segovia show transcripts of the early days. I'm just so excited to finally make it available because it's so it's a book that's been in the works for so long. There's so much uh, blood, sweat, and tears that are poured over this part, literally. And just to see it now available, I'm just so excited to announce it. And I'm, I'm hoping that people can see the, the the long road that it took to get to where the show is now. Um, and I'm unapologetic in my politics, but uh, I also understand that it's speaking to a different time. But the collection is still a history book to show, basically, um, how much things haven't changed, really. Uh, there's, of course, there's always things that have changed over time, but what hasn't changed are how how people are still divided over politics. If anything, it's, it's even nastier today, which is very sad to see. Yes, yes it is. Um, I mean, I have seen it for myself and how crazy it has been um, during the Trump administration, but uh, you also went through a lot of craziness in college, and that was under Bush. Yeah, oh my goodness, I, I can't even explain to you how people were picking fights. Like, I wasn't wearing I'm a conservative Christian on my sleeve, and I wasn't looking for fights. The fights just came to me. Like, I remember I was taking world cinema class over a summer, and one of our projects was to see old-timey movies. And the, the Cal State University Fullerton Library um, had those movies for rent in a sound room, but these were laser discs, those really big DVDs, and uh, first come, first serve. And I happened to be that day to be the first one to get uh, Citizen Kane. So I, I got Citizen Kane, I went to the sound room, and I was getting the movie going, I was thinking about three to five minutes into it, shortly after the credits, and someone knocked on the door, and it happened to be a classmate of mine, and I didn't know him, but I, I recognized him from the class, and he asked me if he could sit on in with me um, for for the movie, because I had the only copy, and I thought, oh yeah, by all means, pull up a chair, I told him. So he sat next to me, well, I restarted the movie, I said, that's no problem, he introduced himself, I introduced myself, we sat down, the movie got going, and as the credits began, he asked me like this, so are you a Republican? Or a Democrat? You're kidding. He, that's, after he introduced himself, that's the first question he came up with? Yes, and how awkward is that? I'm in a freaking sound room. There is no personal space here. There's nowhere to run, so to speak. And this is like, what, a three-hour movie or whatever it is. And he's looking at me with those eyes like, you better not say Republican. And I'm looking at him like, I'm Republican. And he just like looked at me, kind of cocked his head back, crossed his arms, and he said, oh. And he just faced the TV. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, what the heck, dude? Like, are you for real? Oh, man, that, that, that was hilarious. But uh, long story short, regarding that, he and I were laughing throughout the movie. We connected very well because of our love of cinema. Well, we got along very well. But that was like the only time we ever really spoken and connected. But we had like that mutual respect. We were like, hey, man, what's up? And that, that was about it. We never crossed paths outside class again. 
but uh, at least there was no animosity because of our politics there. He wasn't going around trying to pick a fight. Uh, I wish I could say the same about uh, the time I was assaulted outside of a Borders. You remember Borders, right? It was like Barnes & Noble. Um, I was assaulted outside of that uh, by a guy in a vehicle um, that uh, that had issues with me supporting Bush. He just literally just came up and started yelling profanities at me and calling me things. and. Uh, because of that, uh, uh, my, my, when I had told my mom, um, eventually one day I go to my car and I see that my bumper sticker's gone. <laughs> my mom had come to my car thinking my bumper sticker because it, it, it freaked her out, you know? Yeah, and that's what's really sad that uh, we're supposed to be um, brought together with our differences and be able to have civil discussions. And, and for the most part, when what I've seen, conservatives are usually the ones making the invitation. And when uh, leftists are progressives are saying they want to have a conversation, normally all they're saying is, we want to ridicule you and belittle you and show how evil you are because you don't believe the way we do. Um, but I would love to see more progressives stand up and say, you know what, let's have a meeting of the minds. Uh, you're no less of a person than I am and we can't have a civil discussion. And hopefully we can get that going. Yeah, you know, I've been dreaming about that someday, but for a long, long time, and my professor that was an anti-Iraq war activist, uh, she really brought up a lot of different things while we were in class, but I had told her, say, you know, I find it interesting that America, as a story, as a aspiring historian that I, that I, that I was and am, um, I told her, I see ourselves entering another period of turmoil that could lead to a, a second civil war. And what I've seen lately in politics, uh, especially under the Trump administration, uh, how divided the country has become, not because of Trump, but because of how desperate the other side has become in trying to uh, make him an illegitimate president or trying to remove him or the mere threat of him being able to serve another four years. Uh, is was really divided this country where the country just fed up with it, you know. Late night talk shows, you can't escape it. Movies are trying to, they squeeze it every time they can to throw it back in your face when movies are supposed to be our escapism. Um, books, my goodness, magazines, newspapers, it, wherever they're left over, right? And there's just nowhere for you to be able to escape this. Uh, and you can't freely talk politics without someone getting triggered, which is an unfortunate thing because uh, you kind of have to like watch your shoulder now, you know, especially if you live in a, in a more blue state than red state. But it's just a very sad thing to see what, what is happening with extreme groups on either side uh, clashing a lot more often uh, than they used to be. But uh, hopefully things will, will die down and we'll come together as Americans. That's my hope and prayer. Um, and we'll, we'll see where things end up. Uh, yeah, I definitely share your sentiment, Andres. And that's uh, really why I wanted to bring on the show to for people to understand a lot more about uh, where you come from and all this and what you've been able to, the insight that you were able to provide with the Andres Agova show. And for you to also see what your show has become, your baby has grown into this, and it's just a beautiful thing. I, I thank you for the advanced copy of your book. Uh, being able to read it took me all the way back, and like my goodness, it's just uh, a lot of stuff, you know, a lot of stuff from way, way, way back when. And uh, um, I really appreciated that trip down memory lane, and I and I, I appreciate the biography you put at the beginning of it, so people can learn more as to what really inspired you to do that. Uh, because the show isn't that anymore, um, but of course this is off the record segment where we invite people to have these conversations with us um, because uh, it's it's a, a good thing to have a dialogue of sorts so we can uh, learn from one another, right? Well, yeah, absolutely. 
absolutely. Um, and I and I really uh, applaud you for what you've been able to do with the show and where it's come and uh, what it's in, what, how many people it's already helped uh, in such a short time. So it's really cool to see those results. Yep, definitely. And uh, where can people uh, find your book? My book is available in print only on Amazon.com. Uh, for now, it's on Amazon.com, and it's, uh, it'll ship worldwide because it's on every Amazon throughout the world, which is really awesome. So go ahead, check it out. The Andres Segovia Show, Transcript for the Unity Days by yours truly, is available. And um, uh, if, I don't intend to do a Kindle version of this one on purpose, but what I am intending is to be able to see this book at bookshelves um, eventually, like at Barnes & Noble and other uh, retailers, because uh, I'm trying to strike a deal to get it more widely available. Now, that would be exciting. I would love to see that book sitting there because I believe your, your illustrator for this book just did such an excellent job in, in just doing a, just an eye-catching book. You know, that's just really, really cool. Well, Andres, thank you so much for letting us borrow some of your time. I know you're still driving, so drive to wherever you're going safely. Um, and uh, if ever we have another need for a conversation like this, I would love to have you back on the program. And I would love to be on your show. Uh, that's really really cool so thank you so much for having me on that was andres from the andres segovia show uh from the past for joining us here on the andres segovia show and that does it for this episode so for those of you that are interested in learning more about his book go to amazon.com the andres segovia show transcript for the early days and if you want to follow me on all the socials you can you can learn where all those things are at www.theandresegovia.com links to the book will also be in the show notes accompanying this episode and your support is appreciated i know i've been a little fun interviewing myself it's been a long time coming and honestly i had a blast doing this because uh it's just one of the uh, better ways for me to interact to get to give you an idea of, of just uh, how very different uh, I am now in my approach as I used to be in my younger days when I was considerably more vocal and active in the political world so once again thank you so much for joining me on this episode of the Andres Segovia show and as always I will see you on the next episode